Ladies and gentlemen, knock the mud from your geology boots, recharge your laser level, and cut yourself a thick slice of uncertainty. Because it's time to talk tall to me. I'm Omen Said. And I'm Nick McGill. This is Talk Tall to Me, the podcast where we layer by layer delve into the depths that is the crust of Ian Anderson's genius work. Oh, and, and boy is he crusty. Boy is he crusty. With pickaxe in hand, we will chip away song by song, album by album, the various layers of this, of planet Tull going through metamorphic periods. We will inspect the strata. That's all I got. (laughs) (laughs) And we may even find a fossil or two along the way. Oh, I mean, I mean, there's only one left in the band at this point. (laughs) That's true. So, uh, so Nick. Omen. Are we ready to jump right into the song or oh no we have ourselves some housekeeping and in fact we have so much housekeeping lately that i have hired a housekeeper for this mary! uh mary if you don't mind could you could you bring over the the printout that i, I handed you today all right so i've got two things that i can read to you omen do you want you can a read rev- two things nick i'm so proud of you <laughs> They're both written in crayon. Okay. Um, I have to sound them out. Be patient. What are, tell me. Tell me. I'm, I'm Do on. you want an email or a review? <gasps> Ooh, I'd like the review, please. Review. Okay. We'll save the email for next week. Okay. This is uh, this review is titled "More Fun Than a Bag of Nails." Whoa! Yeah, that's saying a lot. I've had some fun uh-huh. with a bag of nails. Uh, and it is by A.J. Kerrigan. Like the feckless momes who host this show, I got into Jethro Tull as a youngster when the band had already been going strong for decades. It's a blast to hear fans chat about songs I know and love, songs I don't know, and random bits of trivia. Hear bits about former Jethro Tull band names, a music video created more than a decade after a song's initial release, album reviews revisited, and plenty more fun. All delivered with obvious love and nostalgia for Tull's music, but with plenty of humor and silliness from a pair of lifelong friends. Oh, that's so sweet. Yeah. That's the nicest review. That's so nice. Thank you. Thank you, E.G. Kitty Pants. (laughs) Okay, great. (laughs) Yeah. Well, thank you so much, sir and or madam, for the review. We really, really appreciate it came with five stars we'll take them i'll have i'll have one as a snack now and the other four for breakfast (laughs) save them do you don't want to take too many before supper (laughs) that's true (laughs) to all of our listeners who are gifted with the ability to type please do so please type words which (laughs) correspond to a five star rating on on spotify on itunes yeah, they they are they are our life's blood. They're how we communicate to more of our like-minded Tullites out there. Exactly. 
Nick. Omen. Our housekeeper handed me a piece of paper. Oh, I didn't realize she got all the way out there. Shocking, isn't it? Mary travels quickly. So I actually wanted to offer an, um, not a correction. Okay. But. What did we say last time? An amendment? An addendum. An addendum? An addendum. Yeah. I'd like to addend something. Please. I'd like to go back to the previous album, actually. Oh, that far back. That far back. Okay. To, uh, to, to this was. Okay. Nope, to stand up. Yep, that one. Yep, <laughs> the second one. And the song, the song that I'd like to, to take a look at is We Used to Know. Okay. Let's have a reminder clip. Oh, gosh, okay. There it is. It's just, it's just going to be a clip of me weeping. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, so there is a lyric. Remember mornings, shillings spent. Made no sense to leave the bed. The bad old days, they came and went, giving way to fruitful years. So, Nick, you and I had posited that um, that shillings spent was just the the inherent lack of money that is experienced when one is a young band touring around trying to get your foot in the door, trying to get a name for yourself. Yeah. I have something very specific to add to that. Please. As it turns out, Ian was living in some housing north of London. This is when they had just moved. He's They're referencing the time when, when they had just moved to as close to London as they could get, which was, which was actually... Uh, Mick Abrams' stomping ground, uh, a place called Lutton, I think, and apparently it was not a great place, not a very nice place, uh-huh. and their their digs were were rather shabby. And apparently, in England at that time, the gas meter was coin fed. What? So you would put in whatever you had to spend weekly on your heat and cooking gas. And apparently it also controlled the electricity. And Ian tells that they they would often share a, a can of Irish stew. They would like heat up a can of stew for their for their breakfast sometimes. Uh-huh. And sometimes the literal shillings in the gas meter would run out halfway through cooking it. And so they would end up with cold stew. Oh, man. And this is in like January of, of uh, 68. That's awesome. Isn't that what crazy? A, an amazing anecdote. Isn't that fun? And this is when they were in Tull? This is, this is when, this is just pre-Tull. This is just before, this is when they were touring under various names, including Candy Colored Rain, Ian, Ian Henderson's bag of nails, bag nails, yeah, etc. Yeah, yeah. So that's my that's my housekeeping to do. A little, a little redendum. That's awesome. What a good little, uh, good little snippet, good little tidbit. Yeah, tasty little tidbit. Yum yum. So Nick. Yeah, Omen. Hey. Yeah. Would you like to talk tall to me? I would love to talk tall to you, to our listeners. Whoa. What would we what what will we be talking tall about this week? This week we are talking tall about the first of the bonus tracks off of Benefit, the song Singing All Day. Let's have a listen. 
Let's jam. Let's jammy jam. Singing all day, singing about nothing, singing all day. So, Omen, yeah. Tell me, tell me your thoughts. I don't think we've ever really discussed singing all day. So tell me your thoughts on singing all day. Wow. Yeah, you know, it's one that I generally enjoy listening to. It falls for me into into that large category of this early work of one of those kind of like slow hypnotic jams mm-hmm. that you just you just kind of have on as you're rolling through the countryside type thing. It's a yeah. it's a pretty it's a pretty like um it rolls, doesn't it? It does. It's it's kind of steady. It just chugs along. It has it has that underlying bass line. Yeah. Yeah. And then it, it's pretty steady. Musically, it's pretty simple. I think it's a lot of repetition. It totally is. It's three instruments aside from when the flutes come in on the bridge. And it's just, it's, it's nice. It's that chuggy, the chuggy bass, the, the, the nice light brush on the drums. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's not the bunker bash. No, no. That we sometimes get. It's a really nice change. Yeah. And just that, that little filter on the, and a little pedal on the guitar. And that's really it. Yeah. And then we have Ian's voice doubled on itself. Yep, doing harmony with himself, which is so 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 typical of him. Yeah, at, at this point, even we're at the tail end of the third album. We've heard it a handful of times already. Oh yeah, absolutely. And we're, we'll, we hear it in the bridge too with the flutes. He doubles up the flute too. I've doubled up my flute once or twice. Um, you know, I think one thing that that's really, why you're not allowed back in that restaurant. <laughs> one thing that sells this song for me. You know, that elevates it from just like, nah, it's a bonus track to like, ooh, this is like, like, wow, this is a real song, mm-hmm. is the, the pseudo-psychedelic break in the middle. Mm. It just slows down real far. We have that acoustic guitar, which is super contemplative. Mm-hmm. And then the flute just kind of fading backwards and forwards through our consciousness. And then Ian's singing that also kind of echoes and comes in and out yeah. a little bit. Yeah. yeah. And then the cool thing is that it just drops back into that driving beat as if nothing mm-hmm. ever happened. Yeah, very very smoothly. It's very smooth. Yeah. This is this is one of the bluesier songs that we've heard in a while. Mm-hmm. It's also very dark. I like how dark it feels. For me, this song is like a lot of the songs in this era. This song I was introduced through Living in the Past. So that compilation album 
not mm. through Benefit because it's a bonus track on Benefit. How interesting that it made it onto that compilation. Yeah, there's a lot of these on that compilation. That's so interesting. Yeah. I wonder whose decision that was because we know that we know that Ian Anderson is not super fond of of this period of of his songwriting. Mm-hmm. But Living in the Past came out just before Benefit or just right around the same time, I believe, which means this was probably written around this was or something along those lines. Because there are a lot of, there are a handful of this was songs on that album too, if I remember correctly. Oh, interesting. Yeah. You know, this is kind of blowing my mind. I thought that Living in the Past was a much later release. Mm-mm. I'll 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 check. Now I'm now I'm questioning myself. But I'm pretty sure it's it's pretty much uh contemporary to benefit. Hmm. But because it's a compilation, we're not reviewing it separately because it's all songs that would uh, that we're already doing anyway. Almost almost completely, yeah. There are a handful of, of songs on there. Song for Jeffrey Love Story, Christmas Song, Living in the Past, Driving Song, Beret, Sweet Dream, Singing All Day, Teacher, Witcher's Promise, Inside, Just Trying to Be, By Kind Permission of, Dharma for One, Wondering Again. Yeah, so they're, they're, Dr. Bogenbrum is not going to be on anything. Up the Pool is not going to be on anything. And what year was it released? They all, all songs were recorded between 68 and 71. It was released 72. Wow. So it is, it is a little bit later. Fascinating. Yeah. Well, we might have to cycle back and pick up some of those uh, straggling songs. Yeah. Yeah. I really love like Up the Pool and Dr. Bogenbrum. They're, they're, they're good songs. But for the moment, let's stick to singing all day. Yeah. Okay question for you nick yes please is this one of those literal songs where he's telling the story and there's no there's no veiled meaning right or is it a broader is he writing about a more generally experienced human condition state huh if it were b what would that state be? Well, you know, when I listen to this to this song, I get this this feeling of this feeling of uh, missed connections. Mm-hmm. You know, where where you keep just being at the wrong place at the right time, and and at the right place at the wrong time, and you almost have that disassociated feeling okay that's what the song feels like to me musically and then with the content it it feels like it feels like that that state that you sometimes get into where you're just going about your day almost on on automatic and the thing that's actually bothering you is more what your experience is even though you're doing all your regular day-to-day things is that, is, hmm. that, is that a thing that other people experience, or is that just me? No, I think I, I, think I know what you're saying. To, I, 
the 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 story the story I'm seeing in the lyrics feels more specific than that though. Mm, mm-hmm. It to I mean to me it it feels like he he's got the hots for this bird and she's not calling him and because he keeps thinking about her he keeps thinking he sees her on the street and he knows all these little details about her like that she wears a fur coat but she wouldn't be wearing it right now because it's not in december sure you know looking through the crowds for a glimpse of her hair he knows what her hair looks like so do you think are you saying that this is maybe in the same genre as alive and well and living in to cry you a song and inside yes that's that's what this feels like to me that is it's maybe in the jenny franks category of songs yeah although this doesn't feel like it would end in a marriage like jenny Fra- like it did with jenny franks you know well unless- so is this autobiographical or just a character well, I guess that's my question because I, I sort of, I sort of feel like there's evidence to support both. For me, it could be, you know, one of these. It's my day off, and I'm meeting my wife in London, but it's pre-cell phones, and so yeah, we're, we keep missing each other type moments. Huh. I kind of like that. There's an innocence to that that's really sweet. That it's it's not just I'm in love with this girl who won't won't give me the time of day yeah that makes it's it really sound just a bit stalkery yeah well yeah it kind of does is that her fur coat that i know she bought because i was going through her trash I, yikes <laughs> because i was hiding in the in the bushes looking through the window as she bought it officer there's a flute sticking out of the bush <laughs> because i would know the smell of that fur coat anywhere oh dear god <laughs> yeah let's Let's go with not that option. Uh, so it, it could be, it could, on the other side, if we're saying that perhaps it's not in the Jenny Franks category of things, mm-hmm. that he's maybe, okay, I'm, this is sort of a stretch. I stretched this morning, and so I feel ready to say this. Okay, good. I touched my toes. <laughs> I touched someone's toes. <laughs> it could be, that he's speaking about a muse personified. Mm. Is it that he's singing all day because that's literally his job? He right. has to keep singing, but there's something more elevated, more, more, more special that he's looking for in his art. And he keeps almost having a glimpse of inspiration and then it gets away from him. And so he's just stuck with this sort of dull day-to-day songwriting. It's fleeting. It's fleeting. And and she has his number because she's they've obviously interacted before. Oh, sure. He's been inspired lots of times. But she's just not calling right now. Mm-mm. She's on Mount Olympus doing other muse things. Omen. Nick. I really... I really, really like that. There is a there's a tone in your voice which frightens me at this point, Nick, and uh, and I and I, I I'm thrilled. Go on. <laughs> I love that idea. 
I love that. Can you relate to it? Back when I used to write, I could. Okay. Now it's the the creative stuff I do is a little more concrete, so I'm not not depending on a whim, you know, kind of thing. Sure. You know, I I sometimes am in the position of being a writer. That is um sitting down usually. <laughs> Good thing you stretched first. And I find I find that I find that sometimes it do be like that where you know sometimes you'll I'll open up the notes section on my phone and I'll just like out will stream this almost perfect scene for for a play. Uh-huh. And other times it's like, oh, I have to write this scene that connects this and this. Yep. And bleh, yeah. why are the words so square? Mhm. Yeah. Yeah, and that's when that's when she's not calling you. That's when I'm like, yo, I think I caught the glimpse of the fur coat lining. It's like it's like when you're hunting a fox, an inspiration fox. Yeah. And you're like, oh, there goes its tail, and then you go around the bush, and it's like, nope, that was just a leaf. And she says, "New, new fur coat. Who dis?" That is what <laughs> that is what she say. Yes, indeed. So I I I realize I can I can kind of relate to this when I'm when I'm DMing for D and D when you have to come up with a story and tie everybody's stories together and push your own story along to keep the adventure going. Yeah. I just want to yeah. editor's note here. DMing in this context means dungeon mastering. Oh, not direct messaging. Yeah. Thank you. Cause you're welcome. Yeah. That shows you how a nerdy and two out of touch. I am. <laughs> That I yep. didn't even think there was another option. You're an, you're an A2 out of touch nerd. And we love you for it. We wouldn't have you any other way, Nick. I've been married for eight years together with her for 12, I think. Mm-hmm. There's no DMing going on. Oh, oh, oh my. <laughs> I mean, it's just a text message, a DM. Is that, I mean, it is, no, right? No, no, oh. no, Nick. I did. <laughs> I, you know, I DM'd her on Facebook back in college, and that's how we met. I, I think that that is about as graphic as we want to get on this episode of Talk Tall to Me. And now we have a child. <laughs> you DM'd her your genetic code. <laughs> he DM'd her my genitals. Ew, Nick. You I, oh, Omen. Bleep that out. Omen, I forgot to tell you, I have genitals. Nick. I do not want to know that. I'm sorry. I will. I got nothing. No, no. It's I can't ungenital you. Don't only. talk tall to me about your genitals. Please. <laughs> it's okay. So you were saying about when you were dungeon mastering, sometimes you have inspiration and sometimes you do not. Yeah. Same thing. You know, you got it. You really just got to. I was just saying I can relate to it. Yeah. 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 I, you know, I'm recalling something that your friend and mine Tom Hanks once said in an in an interview, which how is Tom doing? I haven't spoken to him in a while. You know he's he's um he's trying to stay relevant. He's doing he's busy. Great. He's doing a lot of directing. His kids his kids hitting all the reality shows, which must be must be a bit embarrassing, frankly. But yeah. So he was saying someone was asking him, you know, like basically that 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 horrible question that actors love, which is like, is it hard to act or like you know what I mean? Yeah. 
you know, what's, what's it, what's it like showing up on set and having to convey emotions? And he, our friend Tom Hanks said, well, it's really nerve wracking because either you've got to go in front of the camera and be completely emotionally available and have real emotions until you, until you perhaps weep on camera. And other days, you have to fake that well enough for other people to believe that you are having real emotions and really being open and available. Yeah. And I think that he was saying, you know, based on his level of of what he's achieved, that's, you know, people expect him to just turn it on and off. And sometimes it's there and sometimes it's not there. In particular, for something so personal and and visceral as acting like you you're not really given leeway in terms of having an off day you know ian can just sit in his flat and be miserable with no with with an unheated pot of stew and then maybe he'll be inspired the next day but if you're on set and everybody's relying on you but i think that there's i think it's i think it's similar though because I think that it, especially at this stage, they are starting to get some traction. They're starting to become known. And I think that because all of the songwriting, it's not like they co-wrote the songs. All of the songwriting yeah. came down to Ian at this point. I think that there probably was that pressure to keep writing and keep sure. churning out good stuff. I think that's why yep. I think that's why there are so many songs, because he was just so prolific in an effort to keep finding inspiration and keep finding something good. Sure. One of them, um, I forget if it was, I don't remember if it was Glenn Cornick or, or Clive Bunker, but one of them was saying, you know, they didn't socialize a lot during this time and they were touring so much mm. that they, you know, whenever they had any time off, they they wouldn't go out and have a meal together or go, go to the pubs together. They would, they would, their time apart from each other was very precious. Sure. Yeah. And not that they didn't get along because they did, but just just having time away from each other was was really important because they did spend so much time together and that Ian would often just hole up and and write in his room and and, and it, it was funny because they were sort of saying this as a like oh you know he's he's self-isolated but also thank goodness because <laughs> because he kept churning out the songs and that's what yeah. was keeping us going as a as a band yeah, certainly this time period, I mean, they they put one out a year for the first oh gosh, at least let's see, let's let's look at our list. 68, 69, 70, 71, 72, 73, 74, 75, 76, 77, 78, 79, 80. From 69 to 80, they put out an album every single every year. Every year for 11 years. Yeah. Yeah, this was to A, wow. and then they t- they took off eighty one, and then Broadsword came out in eighty two. Well, Broadsword must have taken that much time to prepare. I don't blame them. That's a that's a especially especially because I mean, really, they had to write Broadsword and the Beast. When we get to A, we'll get to it. But I A was such a such a kind of like a meh that they came back with such a powerhouse that is Broadsword. No, no, A has some things that I quite like on it. We're, we're jumping the gun. We're Broadsword jumping, is good, though. <laughs> we're, ju- we're jumping the, good, we're jumping the yeah. gun. We're putting the, the cart before the horse. 
We're putting the broadsword before the beast. We're counting our chickens before they hatch. We're selling the bear skin before we've shot the bear. We are DMing the ladies before we turn on our computer. It's not really done from a computer anymore. Yeah. But um, but thanks for playing. That was fun. <laughs> uh, okay, Nick. If, I'm um, so old. <laughs> if this, I have a question for you. Yes, please. <laughs> if this song, mm-hmm. singing all day, mm-hmm. was a scented candle, Ooh. what scent would it be? Also, what would it look like? I have a a Halloween themed scented candle upstairs right now, and it's called like Ghost Mist or something. <laughs> it's a little too floral for what I'm thinking. Protoplasma um, potpourri. But the color it's it's like a it's like a a steel gray almost blue, mm. and that's mm. the color I'm seeing, and I I I see it as maybe something like a. a a fresh rain, you know. Mm. You know this. You know the smell. You know the smell when when the 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 concrete, like the the road is is the asphalt is really hot, and then it starts to rain, and you get that like kind of ozony cooling off smell. I do know that smell. That's actually that's that's the smell. Do you know? Have I ever told you this, Nick? That that is actually my literal favorite smell. Is it really? Oh my gosh! Yes. I did not know that, but that I'm, is, the, yeah. I'm probably not al- as alone as I feel. Oh no, I like that smell a lot. It's not my favorite, but <laughs> no, <laughs> please. Um, I think that I think that probably a lot of people like that smell, but that's that's very specific, and I'm so glad. Yeah, I'm so glad that you went there with that. Yeah, that's and maybe throw in a little bit of like autumn leaves, but just just when they're starting to oh, to yeah. break down, so there's like the, a little bit of sweetness in there. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, is and is that candle available on our website? It's it's in the works. In the, Once we get the, the merch page up, we'll uh, we'll have okay. we'll have we'll a singing all day scented candle. Yep. Wow. We will. What if we had a product for every single song, but a completely different product, like not not a candle for every song? Yeah. Well, <laughs> do I need to get? Let me let me pull out the list and tell you how many products we would have to have. Okay, I'm ready. Over 250. Oh, is that all? I mean, one one is a pencil, one is a keychain. Yeah, a toothbrush one holder. One is a thimble, one is a toothbrush a holder. thimble, yeah. Yeah. Which song would be a thimble, do you think? Um, For A Thousand Mothers. Hey, speaking of A Thousand Mothers. Yes. Would you like to know a fun Jethro Tull fact? Yes, please. Give it to me. Welcome to the fun Jethro Tull fact portion of the podcast where we tell you facts about Jethro Tull that are fun. How is this any different? Was that the Mortal Kombat song? How is that any different than the rest of this podcast, Omen? Because these facts, Nick, are fun. TM. DM. Okay, so here's your one fact, Nick. During this period of time, there was a person 
who was banned from attending Jethro Tull concerts. They were forbidden from entering concert halls where Jethro Tull was playing, and, and forbidden, I might add, by Ian Anderson himself. Would you like me to tell you who it is? I'm assuming it's his mother. It's his mother! <laughs> oh, you knew because of the intro. Dang it. <laughs> yeah, because of, because of this segue. <laughs> yeah. I was like, how did you know? Yeah. Speaking of mothers getting banned from things, let me let me quiz you about this. <laughs> yeah, he um he didn't want his mother to see him perform live during this period, uh, apparently because he was he he was he was worried about what she might think because he was exploring this sort of bizarre stage persona at the time. Yeah. So he, during this period, you're saying like benefit era. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. But apparently, Clive Bunker's mother would sneak her in because she was just so terribly proud of Ian. <laughs> Wait, because Clive Bunker's mother was terribly proud of Ian? No, Ian Anderson. Well, I'm sure also, yes, but Ian Anderson's mother was very proud of him, very proud of what he was doing and wanted to see her son perform. But she had to do it secretly without him knowing. So did she wear like just a big floppy hat or? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Back now, it couldn't have been a backstage thing, but like, no, how I, difficult is it is to is it to sneak someone in through the front of the house when you're in the back of the house? Like, it's not like Ian was standing there watching for her, right? No, he wasn't. Certainly wasn't. Yeah, unless he told like the bouncers, "Do not let this lady in. Do not let this." adorable older scottish woman into this rock and roll concert i don't care how many cookies she has i don't oh there were oatmeal raisin god <laughs> damn it mom <laughs> that's it he, he knows they have a soft space for uh, for oatmeal raisin next time mother i'll i'll prevent you from getting in don't look at me play my flute <laughs> Yeah, that, so that's your fun. That was your fun tall fact. Again, I'm convinced that's the Mortal Kombat song. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> so, Nick, is there anything else that we want to add to singing all day? I really do genuinely like the idea that it's the Muse thing. I don't think it. You know, I don't know. I it, it the thought never occurred to me, but I, I guess I can't really rule it out. I have no reason to actually rule it out, but it 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 more feels like that the story from the narrator's perspective kind of thing. Rather than autobiographical. Yes. I think so. Well, either one more so than the muse, but but like some like other songs before, I think it was like alive and well and living in. Mm. I can't, I've I've always seen it this way. So even though you've shown me a really just as feasible, if not better, way of interpreting it, I can't see it that way. Because I've been listening to it this way for 20 years. And that's how you know that you're over 30. Yep. Turn, Get off my lawn. Turn down your music. I will turn up my music on your Pull lawn. Pull up your pants. I don't even wear them. 
quit DMing me. <laughs> quit DMing my daughter. Oh my. So, Nick, mm. what are we listening to next week and subsequently talking to all about? Oh, next week is Witch's Promise. <gasps> Ooh, so spoopy. <laughs> oh, man, we should have timed it just enough for that to fall on our Thanksgiving week. Not Thanksgiving, <laughs> on our Halloween week. <laughs> Not will. They're bonus tracks. We could always do them in whatever order we like. I I do, I don't feel comfortable doing that. Okay. I so we'll, it'll be a it'll be a pre-Halloween special. It will. It will. Okay. Great. In the meantime, you can sing our praises all day Ooh. by writing a review. Yeah. I don't think that there is a way to review or rate on Spotify. I will stop encouraging people to do that. So if you listen on Spotify, thank you for going through the effort. <laughs> our good our good fan Jumby Wumby just sent me an email today saying, "I don't know where to where to rate on Spotify." And uh and I and this is this is my response. I I don't think you can. I did I did looking on both the the podcast producer side and the podcast consumer side and I'm not saying I'm that. so glad that old uh Old Jelly Whiskey is keeping us honest in that. Regard. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Um, and and he's he's making sure everybody knows it, and I'm and I'm proud of that. That's great. So yeah, if you can find some other spot to re- review us in, do that. That'd be great. Yeah, iTunes is good. Yeah, for, for that. yeah. That's that's unfortunately they have they they hold the market. So, but uh, in in better news, we've we've got a Witch's Promise coming up ne- next week. So there's that. Fantastic. Well, yeah. until then, I'm Omen Said. And I'm Nick McGill. This is Talk Tall to Me. And we are Feckless Momes. See you next week. <laughs> Talk told to me is a proud member of the Feckless Moms Audio Network. That was good.